I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when all the conspiracy theories come true? It's high noon for Thursday, October 28th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcotour.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 281st day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You had your story and you were sticking to it and you stuck to it. And the only problem is your story turned out completely wrong. Now, of course, when your story is based on nothing but easily provable lies, one could expect that it would eventually fall apart because people are inclined to believe the truth once it has been presented to them and once they can think about it and place it within a bigger context of their lives. Except the problem is when you begin to identify as a person who says all of the untruths, and that is how these Democrats, these Biden voters identify. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know that Joe Biden did not receive 81 million real legal American votes. They try to make sure that no one else can figure it out. They think, well, we're the smart ones, you know, and yeah, maybe some things went wrong, but that's all in the past. Everybody has decided that we're going to go forward. We're going to say that the election was just fine because, you know, even if there was some cheating or whatever, this is still the best outcome. This is what we need, because the truth is the world just couldn't take another four years of Donald Trump. And certainly we couldn't. And we're the smart ones, the ones with the education, the ones with the very important jobs. You know, it just is what it is. They're going to have to to listen to us. Sorry, you had your turn with Donald Trump. It made us really mad. We were mad the entire time and we're not going to do it again. So, yeah, maybe there was cheating. Maybe Joe Biden didn't actually add 15 million votes onto Hillary Clinton's total while not bothering to campaign and having a son with a laptop with evidence of criminality of the entire family. Maybe those things just happen. It is what it is, though. This is for the best. So we're just going to plow on ahead with the lie. And if you say that we are lying, well, that's very rude. We don't like being called liars. So you know what we're going to do? We have all the power. We're going to go ahead and punish you. So don't say it. If you say it, you're a domestic terrorist. You want to get spied on? No? Okay. Well, don't say it. 
because otherwise you're going to get spied on. You don't want to be locked away in solitary confinement for expressing your opinion. Well, good. We don't want to do that to you. So just don't express your opinion. Ultimately, we're telling you what's going to happen. If you go ahead and do it anyway, then it's your choice and we can't be blamed for the outcome. And then there's all of us, all of the people who actually took the responsibility upon themselves to become informed about what issues really faced us and what the truth was about, for instance, coronavirus or Russian collusion or the impeachment hoax or immigration or energy or the threat that communist China poses or the threat to the country's children of critical race theory and the sexualization of young people. Everybody had the opportunity. Some of us did it and we reached the right outcomes and we've known the right outcomes the entire time. And we know that the election was stolen and it turns out that the rest of the country is figuring it out too. Isn't that incredible? And now listen, commies, just so we are straight from the beginning. If you are the sort of communist who has begun to realize that what I'm saying is correct, you need to migrate back to America as fast as you can. Because the thing is, after we reach a certain point, if you are still on that side, you're going to have a real hard time the rest of your life knowing that you sat by and did nothing and said nothing as your country was taken over by the global communists who are using fascism, using Nazism, all of the elements that we know historically about these ideologies are present in our country right now, and they are being inflicted by the people you voted for. If you realize that, you gotta immediately leave all of those stupid and evil communist ideas behind and begin to make amends with all the people that you have shamed and bullied and censored and tried to get fired from their jobs. And once you do that, those of us here on the range will be more than happy to accept you back into the fold because the truth is we want Americans to be involved with the project of America. We want Americans to value and support human liberty and self-governance. That's what we want. So just come on back. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Thursday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies. That's a big one for today, commies. That's just for you because I want you back on our side. And, you know, the truth is you got to do it soon. Really, it's coming to it's coming to a point where you're not going to be able to come back from it. And I know it seems like the point of all this is to mock and ridicule you. And that's just a bonus. The point is to get you to realize what it is you've done before it's too late. Because if you realize what you've done before that day of reckoning, then you can take the initiative upon yourself to make amends. If the day of reckoning comes first and people know that you never took the initiative to understand the truth and speak the truth, then you are forever on the side 
of the global communists, of the Nazis, of the fascists. I know that that sounds mean. Sorry, it is what it is. It doesn't matter if you think politics are unimportant. Okay, it just doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're lazy. It doesn't matter if you're detached or apathetic. It is what it is now. If it hasn't affected your life in a way that makes you contend with whether or not what you're being told is the truth, then you should consider yourself lucky. You are one of the most privileged people in the world. Okay. The consequences of your bad decisions have still not shown up on your doorstep. That is an extraordinary amount of privilege. All right. My industry was crushed the day Gavin Newsom decided to lock down California. My industry still hasn't come back. That's a career I put 15 years of my life into. And then poof, one day, just gone. And I've been broke ever since. And does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. But hey, it's better than lying. Just to maintain my social credit. And let's be honest, commies. It's all about social credit. It's all about moving up the ladder within the party of false decorum. You can't say anything wrong. You can't think anything wrong. Because as soon as you do, somebody's going to make it harder for you to continue to climb the ladder within the party. And you can't have that. Because life is about acquiring social credit. Particularly from people who will aid in your advancement just on the basis of you repeating the slogans that they like best. Now, that too is becoming untenable, commies. This is what I want you to understand. And let's discuss some polls, okay? Yesterday, Politico in their morning playbook gave a, I don't know, 30-word mention of a poll that they had run with Morning Consult. And War Room covered this pretty extensively yesterday, so I don't want to simply repeat what they said about it. But the Politico and Morning Consult polls are very deep professional polls. I'm not saying they get the right answers, not by any means, because they're still out there looking for answers that are going to push their narrative. But they decided to poll the question of whether or not people thought the election in 2020 should be overturned, okay? Not was there cheating, right? Not did cheating affect the outcome? Not some vague uncertainty about the results or what could be done. They asked, should the election be overturned? And 35% of the country responded, yes, it should. That was 60% of Republicans, 27% of independents, and 16% of Democrats. So even just think about the Democrats. One out of every six people who was a communist a year ago thinks that the election should be overturned. And they may well still be a communist. But if you're on our team at this point about overturning the election, then the chances of you still being a communist are, I think, pretty low. Most of them, I would assume, are redeemable communists, and we should welcome them back into the fold because they can help us advance the cause of writing the ship. 
Their answer to that question indicates that that is what they want. That's a very good thing. So the 35% of Americans overall, there was 11% who did not answer. Now, Raheem Kassam mentioned this yesterday. This is something I've been talking about on the podcast for months and months. These polling questions are asked by a person to another person. And the person who's being asked these questions has to be willing to tell the pollster what they really believe. Okay. So 35% of the people, there were 2000 people polled, by the way, 35% were willing to tell the pollster that they think the election should be overturned. Okay. 35% is a pretty large number for a viewpoint that is that extreme, right? And extreme doesn't have to mean that it's wrong or unreasonable. It just means this is the point of view that is all the way out on the edge, okay? Sometimes the points of view that are all the way out on the edge are correct, and this is one of those cases. So yes, it is considered extreme because of where the range of ideas is and because of where the public opinion is among that range of ideas. It is nonetheless the right outcome. The right outcome for a stolen election is to reverse the result giving the election to the rightful winner. The rightful winner of the 2020 presidential election is Donald J. Trump. 35% of Americans realize that by now, okay? Another 11% are unsure. Politico tried to reframe this as this is how much Donald Trump's big lie has permeated the GOP, just ignoring the 27% of independents and 16% of Democrats, both of which in reality are much higher. So according to this poll, you got about 54% of Americans thinking that no, the election should probably not be overturned or definitely not be overturned. And that is kind of the default position because as everyone in this country understands at this point, saying something other than that default position can get you in trouble. It can get you put on a list. So we've got 35% of Americans still, that aside, being willing to tell a pollster that they believe the election should be overturned right now, right now. That number is only going to go up. And you got to imagine that that 11% who don't know or have no opinion about an issue like that probably just don't want to say the real answer, which is that, of course, it should be overturned. And then you have sampling and everything else that goes into these uh, mainstream state media polls. So we are edging up, right? Somewhere between, safely, you can assume, between 40 and 50% of the country thinks that the election should be overturned right now. They have seen enough. And that's taking into account the fact that if they are tuned in only to the central narrative, if they follow only mainstream media, they haven't really seen it from those viewpoints at all. That's a very good indicator that Americans are beginning to pay attention more to alternative sources of news. And that is excellent news. Now, there was also a Rasmussen poll that was just tweeted out. And this is from this morning, uh, November 2020. How likely is it that Democrats stole votes or destroyed pro-Trump ballots 
in several states to ensure that Biden would win. And they polled all voters. This is like registered voters, likely voters. 47% said that it was likely that Democrats stole votes or destroyed pro-Trump ballots to ensure a Biden win. October 2021. How likely is it that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election? 56% of people answered that that was likely. And those people are all correct. That's a very positive sign. And breaking that down even further, that counts 32% of Democrats believe that cheating likely affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Okay, so only half that number of Democrats wants the election overturned, but another 16% above that understands that cheating likely affected the outcome. So that 16%, I guess, has some real moral issues to deal with because believing that cheating affected the outcome, but not wanting to see the election overturned seems like a morally untenable position to me. But hey, what do I know? I'm a conspiracy theorist. Independents, 54% believe cheating affected the outcome. And of course, Republicans, it's like it's 84% now, 84%, five out of six Republicans believe that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. All right. These are enormous numbers and they signify some very important things. First off, as I said, they signify a shift to alternative sources of media and information. People are completely bailing out on the mainstream media. CNN didn't have a single show last week that got a million viewers. All right. There are podcasts that get a million viewers. Joe Rogan gets way more than a million viewers on every episode. The War Room gets way more than a million viewers on every episode. CNN doesn't. Information is getting to people from alternate directions now, which means that the viewpoints that are necessary for people to hear so that they can make informed judgments are evading censorship. Okay. The censorship of big tech and the media is failing. That is a magnificent development. And it's important that we understand that. And that's something that we can actually celebrate. All right. I know everybody's getting frustrated by how long this is taking, myself included. But this is nothing but positive news. This narrative is not going to turn around and head in the other direction. There's not going to be something out there that begins convincing people. Oh, yeah, Joe Biden actually did win without cheating. That's not a possibility. There's no new information. In fact, there's no information, period. There is no information in the world that can help support the narrative that Joe Biden received 81 million real legal American votes. All right. And no one has ever made a case that that could possibly be true. They only ever say that it is impossible that cheating created the outcome. There is no proof anywhere that Joe Biden won the 2020 election, and that is why they refuse to prove it. And now you got to take the next step with me here about the media, okay? If more people are watching Joe Rogan and more people are watching The War Room and 
drastically more people watch Fox News than MSNBC or CNN. Newsmax even has shows passing CNN shows at this point. But if more people are watching all of that and more people are gravitating towards platforms like Telegram and they're getting their information from alternative news sources or people who are, you know, hosting a podcast like I am or people who are analyzing the news or researching like all the Anons out there. If people are getting their information from these new sources, then what really is the mainstream media? It's not anything. Okay. They are just conspiracy theorists with big platforms. All right. They are well backed financially and structurally, but they are still just conspiracy theorists who are now more and more screaming into a void. But yet, We still give them all this extra credit that they don't in any way deserve. We assume that they will dictate the narrative to the American public. What we are seeing here is that isn't happening. In fact, the opposite is happening. Their power is waning, but yet we still act as if we need their approval in order to feel confident with what we believe or to be able to say it in public. We don't need to wait for them to come around, okay? There is no point at which telling the truth about society is rude or offensive. It doesn't mean that people won't take it that way. They're welcome to take it that way. I think it's rude to call the communist criminal and pathological pervert Joe Biden president. I think that is rude and offensive, actually. I think it's rude and offensive to be called domestic terrorists by some brain dead actress in California like Sophia Bush or Jennifer Aniston. I think that's rude. I think it's rude to be told that I can't speak on public platforms unless I say the things that those idiots want me to say. I think all of that is rude. All right. We do not need to feel like what we are saying is rude or offensive when we tell the truth in public, right? The public knows by this point that what we are saying is the truth or that it is very likely the truth or that they cannot any longer be confident that what we are saying is wrong. That's where we are now. If one out of six Democrats thinks the election should be overturned, There are way more Democrats that understand we are right. Okay. You got 32% in the Rasmussen poll. Again, this is a Democrat who voted for Joe Biden being willing to tell a pollster that their own party cheated to win. Okay. That is, and I was going to say monumental. I guess I can't give them that much credit, but Let's just say monumental and you can scale it back as you like. That is a uh, monumental change of mind and change of heart for them. Okay. We're talking about people who went outside their houses on Saturday, November 7th last year and popped bottles of champagne and pretended that they all had just saved the world. All right. Legitimately, that's what these people were doing. At least they were in Los Angeles. I think I've seen videos from other cities. I I remember 
something in Philadelphia. I'm sure it happened all the, all around the country. But I drove around Los Angeles that day and there were a bunch of dumb little degenerate leftists and communists celebrating with their champagne, ringing bells, cheering about how the Donald Trump era had ended. Because the television told them that Joe Biden would be president. Well, they were all wrong. To be able to react that way to the end of the Donald Trump presidency and then turn around a year later and realize that what you voted for was one of the worst decisions you've ever made in your life. And not only have you understood that it's wrong, but you want to see it overturned. That's a fairly monumental change of heart. And these people aren't reaching these conclusions because they're upset about the supply lines or critical race theory. Okay. That could make a committed communist upset with Joe Biden. And maybe they want more communism or they go out and say, yeah, I regret my vote. This guy wasn't the right guy. I wish we had a different candidate, but we still needed to defeat Donald Trump. It's not what they're saying. They're saying they understand the entire thing was wrong and stolen because they have learned that it's stolen. That means they have seen information that led them to that conclusion. They've talked to people and understood that what happened really was wrong. And it's not just that they have seen this information and changed their position. They've seen this information and changed their position to the extreme position that is nonetheless the truth, All right? These are people that were calling us conspiracy theorists for the last year. And now they understand that it's not a conspiracy theory. It was right. It was right the whole time. We're talking about millions of people and they're not shifting to a compromise view. They're not shifting to some sort of midpoint where they say, okay, yeah, things were a little messed up. We need to put some new regulations in place to increase election integrity, and hopefully things will be better in the future. That's not it. They're saying that the election should be overturned. And it's not just that they are accepting the no-no words as true. It's that they're accepting the fact that they will be associated with the no-no people. That is people choosing to leave the party of false decorum. That is the key to all of this. People becoming willing to speak the truth, despite the fact that they may lose social capital for doing so. This is an incredible advancement. It's amazing progress, and it is a testament to the good of learning the truth, standing up for the truth, and being unwavering about your position. And we're not done. It's not like the totality of information proving election fraud is out there and available. I mean, to be clear, the amount of information out there and available is overwhelming. And anyone who cares to look will be convinced by it. You can't convince people to change their mind to the false position. All right. The false position exists because of dishonesty attached to social capital and attached to emotional consequence. The only way to get out of that is to be relentlessly shown the truth to the point where you must accept it. 
And that's what's happening. That's why it's amazing. And it's only going to continue. There's only more stuff coming out. And in fact, this morning, the sheriff of Racine, Wisconsin, held a press conference to illustrate the results of their investigation into election crimes in Wisconsin. They detailed what's happened there in a nursing home. And this is from the local Fox affiliate. Wisconsin election law violations. Racine County Sheriff reveals findings. Racine County Sheriff Christopher Schmalling unveiled on Thursday, October 28th, the results of an extensive investigation regarding possible election law violations throughout Racine County and Wisconsin. Election statute was, in fact, not just broken, but shattered by members of the Wisconsin Elections Commissions, uh, Schmalling said. The sheriff said his office received a complaint from a relative of a nursing home resident who died in October 2020, who was suffering severe cognitive difficulties and yet still voted via absentee ballot in the 2020 election. The person lived at Ridgewood Care Facility. Racine County Sergeant Michael Luell investigated the issue and found the Ridgewood Care Facility had an unusual surge in voting activity in 2020. Luell reported eight of 42 families of residents at Ridgewood Care Facility said their loved ones didn't have the cognitive ability to vote and yet did. The investigation only related to this one nursing home, but Sheriff Schmalling said he expects Thursday's announcement will lead to others across the state coming forward. Schmalling is calling on Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call to launch an immediate investigation. The Wisconsin Elections Commission admittedly and knowingly told people to break the law. I told you 6.875, now we're going to hit 12.13. I don't name statutes. The legislature comes together, passes law, and names statutes. It just so happened this statute is called election fraud. We're stating that the rules weren't followed. We're stating that the integrity of the vote uh, was put into question. The legislature has a law called election fraud. And there's a variety of different ways to violate this statute, but the first one, in my opinion, fits. In the course of a person's official duties or on account of the person's official position, intentionally violate or intentionally cause any other person to violate any provisions of chapters 5 through 12 for which there's no penalty listed. And it just so happens that the penalty for violating this statute is a class I felony. It's a felony. I don't make the rules. This is what the legislature has decided. The three violations beneath are misdemeanors. Realize this. These laws aren't broken. Let me say it a different way. The government doesn't have to prove that their loved ones were taken advantage of. That's not the law that we're uh, alleging was violated. It is violated when the proper procedures are not followed. And that is clearly what is happening here. I'm not going to go through all of these clips, but I actually took time to uh, include some of the statements that blew my mind, where they basically just admitted to breaking the law. I'm going to play two clips. They're roughly 20, 30 seconds apiece. This is Knudsen, Commissioner Knudsen, 
and I kind of referenced what he was saying before, but literally I want you to hear it from the commissioners. I have had discomfort and I expressed it publicly the day that I, I had first suggested this, that we will be essentially telling the clerks to break the law. And over the ensuing months since, you know, I first wrote to the governor about my concern about the effect of the COVID virus in the elderly back in mid-March of last year, so it's 10 months ago now. Is there some other way that we can accomplish the same thing to give this, to make this guidance rather than us, you know, formally directing them not to do it? I mean, Next clip, last clip. You can watch the other ones on, just on your own time. This is just for brevity. You know, earlier it was said that we were trying to reconcile two conflicting laws. I, I haven't really looked at that. The SVB law is a law. Um, some of the prohibitions on uh, visitors to nursing homes, I mean, in the early days of the pandemic, it, it came down from the Centers for Medicaid and, and Medicare that uh, it was a, a guidance, a directive. It wasn't clear whether it actually carried the force of law. Later, the governor had, a, had 60 days. That ended. Um, the DHS has, has been operating under certain emergency powers. Certainly not clear that it's a law. Um, but the law does say that SVB should go in. So that's one of the members of the Wisconsin Election Commission clearly understanding that they have directed clerks to do something that violates Wisconsin election law. And that's exactly what happened. And a lot of this relates to the indefinitely confined voter status, which was claimed on over 265,000 absentee ballots. That's 200,000 more indefinitely confined absentee ballots than in 2016. Now, why did they go that route? Indefinitely confined doesn't require voter ID. Okay. Wisconsin has voter ID laws. That's the way to get around it. And that's exactly what they did. Now, where did they find all of these indefinitely confined voters? That's the question. And it turns out that in this nursing home, the policy was not to allow the special voting deputies into the nursing homes because, of course, COVID. And so what would happen is that in these nursing homes, the ballot would be brought to the nursing home resident. And despite their mental capacity or even their ability to see and know what they were doing, they were encouraged to allow people to vote for them. And in one instance, they discussed, he basically said, well, if the person expresses an affinity for John F. Kennedy, because that's what they remember about politics, you would go ahead and vote Democrat for them. And the answer was like, yeah, that's nuts. They could point to a part of the ballot without even really being able to see it. And they would go ahead and mark their vote for them. That's not how it works. 
And the sheriff noted that this is just one place, but they imagine this has happened all over the state. And I imagine that they are right about that. So what's going to happen? Someone there is going to have to take action. There are a few open reviews in Wisconsin, but once again, we have clear and obvious evidence of a scheme to steal the election. Okay. This isn't like somebody's just going into the nursing home and trying to scrounge up an extra 10 votes on their own, of their own accord. This is a widespread scheme of an, of election manipulation, knowingly going outside of the law and assuming that no one will ever hold you to account because the governor is a Democrat and the attorney general is a Democrat and plenty of the Republicans there are rhinos. They've got the election commissioners. They've got the secretaries of state. Same system they have everywhere else. They operate outside the law and assume that no one will ever catch them. And even if they're caught, no one can ever actually do anything to them. And when a system is set up to evade accountability, you have to understand that they're doing something they don't want to be held accountable for. Now, of course, everyone is always going to be like, well, yeah, okay, we understand there's election fraud, but when is something going to happen? And I'm with you. All right. Karen Fan, the uh, Senate president in Arizona, was on the war room the other day, and she's done a couple of more shows since then talking about how Attorney General Mark Burnovich has opened up formal investigations into election fraud. Everyone is saying, though, where are the arrests? Again, I think that's right. But I had a thought as I was watching her the other day, and I'm wondering if this isn't kind of just slow playing into Mike Lindell's quo warranto lawsuit that he has headed to the Supreme Court in November. I guess he's got a set of attorney generals now willing to sign on to his lawsuit. We don't know how many yet. But if one of the names on that lawsuit is Mark Burnovich, then I think that that might show us what his strategy is and what he's been doing. If he joins that lawsuit, and the Arizona audit becomes part of the evidence for that lawsuit, that's a pretty powerful signal because Arizona has done more to find out what exactly happened in the 2020 election than all of the other states at this point. Now, Arizona hasn't done enough, obviously, but they're still ahead of everyone else. And Jovan Hutton Pulitzer is about to put out his review of the paper ballots in Maricopa County, and he seems extremely confident about what his results show. And just to update, a statement was just released from the Republican Party of Wisconsin chairman, Paul Farrow. Anyone who cares at all about election integrity owes the Racine County Sheriff's Department a debt of gratitude for their work today. It is horrific that the Wisconsin Elections Commission's choice to violate state laws may have led to bad actors taking advantage of vulnerable citizens in nursing homes. It's time for Democrats, the Department of Justice and the mainstream media to take election integrity concerns seriously. And hey, here's another thing. 
if you don't believe that all of this is going our way right now. According to the website Pop Vortex that tracks the iTunes charts, four out of the top 10 songs. Actually, I think it's even better than that. It's four out of the top six songs are Let's Go Brandon rap songs. Bryson Gray is at number one ahead of Adele. And so is the other Let's Go Brandon song by Loza Alexander. Then there's two remixes that are also at the top of the charts. That's a pretty good indicator that American culture at large is coming to the realization that we have been right the whole time. Okay. And just to add on to that, this is from the Indiana Pacers game last night. And I know you can't see the video, but that is a massive swarm of people exiting after the game, all kind of crowded into one of the main concourses. And basically everybody there is chanting, let's go, Brandon. Now, I'm not saying all those people are completely on our team and want the election overturned, but it kind of sounds like they're all pretty gettable. Okay. And the ones in that crowd who hate that can do absolutely nothing about it. They are learning in real time that the rest of the country does not agree with them. And Donald Trump is actually going to attend the Braves World Series game. I think it's tomorrow night. I think it's Friday, but it might be Saturday. Game four. I haven't been paying attention to baseball at all this season. Could not possibly care less. But Donald Trump in a baseball stadium is going to show the country whose side everyone is on. He will be receiving a raucous welcome. And you got to imagine that at some point we're going to hear a let's go Brandon or fuck Joe Biden chant from the people in that stadium. And that is going to be incredible. Everybody watching the World Series is going to have to have that thrown right in their faces. And honestly, is it petty? Don't care. Now, changing subjects completely without a segue, the Democrats are still trying to pass their ridiculous spending package, their Build Back Better Act, which they are pretending is about infrastructure, but is really only about communism and the Green New Deal, which is also communism. This is from uh, CNN today. Pelosi warns Democrats not to embarrass Biden as leaders push for infrastructure vote. Now, you might be thinking, doesn't Joe Biden embarrass himself just fine? And the answer, of course, is yeah. But let's hold on to that for just a minute. This is by Claire Foran, Manu Raju, and Daniela Diaz. And then if you go down to the end of the article, they also have Ted Barrett, Phil Mattingly, Kevin Liptak, Lauren Fox, Caitlin Collins, Jeremy Diamond, Annie Grayer, and Kate Sullivan contributing to this report. So, you know, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, probably not for a really long time, but 
That's about 11 reporters to produce this maybe thousand word, 1500 word article. And what they're basically doing, what they are telling you they're doing by putting all these names in there is that they're just excerpting pieces of reports that have already been out. They are just repeating the news as they've already told it to you. But now you see it in this article and you think, oh, well, I've heard that before. It must be true. Speaker Nancy Pelosi told House Democrats on Thursday, don't embarrass President Joe Biden by voting down a one trillion dollar infrastructure bill amid Biden's trip overseas. A warning that underscores the high stakes of the moment for the divided party as the president's agenda hangs in the balance. House Democratic leaders are pushing for a vote on the infrastructure bill, even as key progressives signal they plan to withhold their support, a dynamic that could force leadership to delay the vote for the second time in two months and deal a major blow to Biden on the world stage. Oh, it's so horrible. (laughs) How could they do that to him? Biden appealed directly to House Democrats in a closed door meeting on Capitol Hill Thursday morning, pitching them on a framework for a separate, larger climate and economic package. The infrastructure bill and economic package are key priorities for the president, as well as for Democratic members of Congress who want to prove they can govern. (laughs) That is their goal. They just got a president elected with the highest number of votes of all time. And Biden actually mentioned that today in his very ridiculous speech. He actually said 81 million votes, the most of all time, the American people voted for this. That's what he said. He actually believes that, which is incredible. Biden's trip to Capitol Hill lasted about 24 minutes. It was a photo op to make it look like Biden's participation is what's going to get this thing over the finish line. It's amazing to me that anyone even wants to have their picture taken with this guy at this point. Pelosi's admonition not to embarrass the president came during the closed door meeting. She also said she would put the infrastructure bill on the floor later Thursday and hold the vote open to get the bill through. The problem for party leaders is that progressives have made clear they do not want to vote for the infrastructure bill unless the larger bill moves in tandem and have said a framework is not enough to win their votes. The stakes are enormous with Biden making clear privately for more than a week. He wants an agreement and passage of the infrastructure bill before he arrives at a U.N. climate conference on November 1st. Biden departed for his foreign trip on Thursday. And you see that he can't go disappoint the globalists. Isn't that amazing? They're all supposed to get their countries on board with the Klaus Schwab Build Back Better agenda. Biden is going to go empty handed. How are you going to get global communism to exist throughout the world without the United States involved? That's a big problem. That's why Donald Trump had to be deprived of the election that he won. During the closed door meeting with House Democrats, Biden laid out in person long awaited details of his one point seven five trillion dollar economic and climate package, trying to convince progressives who are skeptical of anything short of a fully written bill and commitments from all 50 members of the Senate Democrat caucus to back his framework. Yeah. Isn't that weird? People want to see the whole bill before they vote on it. What kinds of people are these? Don't they know who they work for? Don't they know that they must do whatever Nancy Pelosi tells them to do? While Biden's proposal isn't finalized in its entirety, days of negotiations have brought it to a place where the key elements are all locked in. 
The personal pitch to House Democrats makes a concerted effort by the president to wrest control of an unwieldy process that has led to significant revisions to Democratic goals in the effort to secure the support of centrist senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Not all Democrats have signed off on the framework that Biden announced Thursday morning. Two people familiar with the plan cautioned, but the president believes it's a consensus all Democrats should be able to support. Neither Manchin nor Sinema explicitly committed to backing the plan Thursday, though they both said they were continuing to negotiate after Biden's meetings with House Democrats. Manchin was noncommittal when asked by reporters whether he will support the framework agreement. Later on Thursday, he said, we haven't even seen the text yet. Everyone has to see it. I don't think anyone could say they could support it until they see the text. Well, Joe, turns out most people don't give a damn and they're just going along for the ride. Cinema reacted to the framework by saying in a statement, we have made significant progress and I look forward to getting this done. Congressional Progressive Caucus Chairwoman Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington State emerged from the meeting with Biden telling reporters that she did not think the framework was enough to get progressives on board. I would say nothing different than what I knew before. And then there's more of the normal CNN style back and forth, letting you know that everybody said this thing, but they're still on board. They're working really hard to get to an answer. But let's jump down to what's in the framework. The $1.75 trillion proposal focuses on care for families, addressing the climate crisis, expanding access to health care, lowering costs for the middle class and tax reforms. The new plan makes major concessions and does not have several key planks that Biden had initially proposed, including paid family and medical leave, prescription drug pricing provisions, free community college and vision or dental Medicaid coverage. It does include provisions to help families with childcare and caregiving, including free and universal preschool for all three and four year olds, which amounts to the biggest expansion of public education in a hundred years, according to the White House. And we are supposed to pretend at this point that having the government take over a child's education and upbringing at age three and age four, two extra formative years for a child in the government's control is a good idea with everything that's going on at public schools across the nation right now. We're supposed to believe that this is a positive development because we are all supposedly socialists and communists. And that's why Joe Biden got 81 million votes. The largest portion of the framework focuses on climate and would include the largest legislative investment in combating climate change in U.S. history, according to the White House. As part of that, there would be $320 billion for clean energy and tax credits. This includes 10-year expanded tax credits for utility scale and residential clean energy, transmission and storage, clean passenger and commercial vehicles, and clean energy manufacturing. They still don't tell us where all the electricity for these clean energy vehicles is going to come from. And we also don't know how all of these clean energy vehicles will be built with clean energy, but we are supposed to understand that because the Democrats care about the environment and they are saying all of this, then somehow it's going to work. Remember, they have the science on their side. They have the experts on their side. On healthcare, the plan would close the Medicaid coverage gap and deliver health care coverage through Affordable Care Act premium tax credits to certain uninsured Americans. It would also expand Medicare coverage to include hearing services. And some more good news. The Wall Street Journal has reported that Biden's plan intends to give four hundred and fifty thousand dollars 
to each illegal immigrant family that was separated at the border. You got that? Did America vote for that? The greatest human trafficker in world history, the fake president, Joseph Robinette Biden, who has an actual slave trade going on on the southern border for the duration of his fake presidency, wants to pay $450,000 to illegal immigrant families that were separated under Donald Trump. This is just the beginning of the journal article. It's uh, from this afternoon, Michelle Hackman, Aruna Viswanatha, and Sadie German are the authors. The headline is U.S. in talks to pay hundreds of millions to families separated at the border. The Biden administration is in talks to offer immigrant families that were separated during the Trump administration around $450,000 a person in compensation, according to people familiar with the matter. As several agencies work to resolve lawsuits filed on behalf of parents and children who say the government subjected them to lasting psychological trauma. Unbelievable. The U.S. Departments of Justice, Homeland Security and Health and Human Services are considering payments that could amount to close to a million dollars a family, though the final numbers could shift. The people familiar with the matter said most of the families that crossed the border illegally from Mexico to seek asylum in the U.S. included one parent and one child, the people said. Many families would likely get smaller payouts depending on their circumstances. Man, I had my career destroyed by a bunch of idiot communists. Where's my money? I could use $450,000. And before I go, I just want to play some of Joe Biden's very important speech today. 95% of the 840,000 school buses in America run on diesel. Every day, more than 25 million children and thousands of bus drivers breathe polluted air on the way to and from school from the diesel exhaust. We're going to replace thousands of these with electric school buses that have big batteries underneath and that are good for the climate. I went down to one of the manufacturing facilities, saw them, got in one, drive them. They do not expend any, they, they, they don't expend any pollution into the air. We'll build out the first ever national network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations all across the country. So when you buy an electric vehicle and you get credit for buying it, you buy an electric vehicle, you can go all the way across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively speaking. It's not gas. You plug it in. 500,000 of them. These stations along the way. That's right, everybody. The future is bright with the Green New Deal. There are 800,000 school buses. They put out terrible, toxic smoke that kills everyone in their path. And so we need to get rid of them. And what we're going to do is replace them with thousands of electric buses. And Joe Biden knows he went down to where they make them. He drove one. He just said he didn't drive one. But don't worry, because someday you will be able to drive from one side of the country to the other on a single tank of gas, but it's not gas. You plug it in. And also, you can't do it on one single tank or one single charge. That's why there's going to be 500,000 of them so that you can go from place to place and charge to charge. 
And it's going to be just like driving right now, except worse. And also, you don't have any idea of where these stations will get their electricity from. It's got to just, I guess, come from the sky or from wind. Wind will do that. Wind will power all of this. It'll probably power the planes, too. It's amazing that they haven't figured out how to make planes just gliders that glide through the air on wind power. I mean, it's all wind up there. How come they haven't figured this out? And it's closer to the sun. They should be able to get the easiest solar power ever. Man, someone should tell AOC about this. And Joe also got mad today. And of course he whispered. He definitely did whisper. He said, pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Three times for real. But here's, here's Joe getting very upset. This is what shows you the moral weight he has behind him. He knows his cause is right and just. Our infrastructure used to be rated the best in the world. Today, according to the World Economic Forum, we rank 13th in the world. We used to lead the world in educational achievement. Now the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development ranks America 35th out of the 37 major countries when it comes to investing in early childhood education and care. We know how our children start impacts significantly on how they'll finish. Yes, it matters a great deal how children start. And that's why you need to hand them over to the communists two years earlier. And just as an aside, did you hear in there Who Joe Biden was citing for these rankings? The World Economic Forum. Well, wait a second. That's Klaus Schwab. So now we should all be ashamed that our country has fallen to the point where the World Economic Forum thinks we should do better. And 81 million people voted for us living up to the standards of the World Economic Forum. It's kind of incredible how it all comes around. And it's kind of incredible how all the conspiracy theorists are turning out to be right about everything. And more incredible than that is the fact that the rest of the country has finally noticed that. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. 
Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time out on the range. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.